Hi friends, welcome to the Dream With Me podcast. I'm Heather Burge, an entrepreneur for nearly half my life, and I'm so excited to help you break down your bucket list business goals into bite-sized steps. Do you have big dreams for your small business or side hustle, but have no idea how to actually set, let alone achieve your goals? Or are you a goal-setting, high-achieving numbers nerd like me who enjoys the process as much as the end result? Either way, this podcast is for you. Together, we will break down your goals in each bingeable episode with a simple acronym based around the word DREAM. I'll help you D, decide what you really want, R, reverse engineer what it takes to get there, E, embrace your numbers, A, ask for accountability, and M, make some momentum. Are you ready to dream with me today? Break out that notepad and your calculator and let's do this. Hey friends, and welcome to the Dream With Me podcast. I am so excited to share a little bit of my story today and introduce you guys to the DREAM acronym. So I'm going to help break down each letter, D-R-E-A-M, and share just a little bit about my story and my journey as an entrepreneur. As I mentioned in my intro, I've been an entrepreneur for over half my life. I've owned a traditional business. I had a boutique in Savannah for over 15 years. Uh, Currently, I am a top leader in a network marketing company, a beauty-related company, and through both of those opportunities, I have really learned that my passion is helping other people have success in whatever business they choose is best for them. So I am thrilled to introduce this podcast to you guys and hopefully create some bingeable, easy-to-consume content that is going to really help you break down your goals, um, no matter how big or small they might be in whatever business you are in, but just simplify it a little bit. So let's get started. I'm so excited to share my story with y'all today. So let me tell you where the DREAM acronym first came to me. I was actually on vacation with my family in Florida this past summer, and I usually like to check out from my business while I'm with my family and Sometimes that is the best way to quiet your mind and slow down and get the inspiration that you're looking for. And that's exactly what happened. I was actually on a boat fishing with my family, which is one of our favorite things to do. And I felt this download that I honestly attribute to the Lord with this acronym, the D-R-E-A-M. Originally, the dream topic was for a speech that I did at our company's annual convention which was, first of all, a huge dream for me. We'll get into that (laughs) a little bit later. But it was just honestly like one of those downloads that I couldn't get out of my mind. So I quickly whipped out my phone, the notes app, and I wrote down uh, in the notes the letters and what was in my brain. So the D stands for decide. The R stands for reverse engineer. The E stands for embrace your numbers. The A stands for ask for accountability. And the M stands for momentum matters. And essentially, I have always been known as that numbers nerd, that goal setter within our company and also in my traditional uh, previous business. And so I was asked to speak on this topic of breaking down bucket list goals into bite-sized pieces. So I just couldn't believe it when all the information came to me and I whipped out my phone, just typed out the the letters and, and what was in my mind for what each of them meant. And I had the basis for that speech right there in a matter of five minutes. 
So what's kind of crazy is not long after that, I really thought about it that this would make an incredible podcast. So many of you might have heard my other podcast called Stories of Light that is really more of a ministry centered around sharing the stories of entrepreneurs who attribute every bit of the success they've had to the Lord and, and His direction and guidance in their life. And so I was very familiar with the platform. I have loved doing it, but I'm also the type that I have a lot on my mind, a lot that I like to share. And with an interview-focused, faith-based, and more uh, ministry-centered podcast, it wasn't quite the right fit to share something like this on a bigger platform with a larger impact with many more people. So that's where the Dream With Me podcast was born. And I've been, of course, sitting on this decision because that's the first D, right? Like deciding, is this something that I really wanted to do? Is this something that I have time for um, in my life at the moment? And I actually made the decision back in September to really go full force with my business and just give myself some time to not dive in to something new, to really marinate and let all that inspiration soak up, to take notes again in my app when things and inspiration came to be. And I'm so thrilled to officially launch this podcast based around that dream acronym. So, all right, back to my story. So the D. So I started my boutique actually when I was only 21 years old. I was at the University of Georgia about to graduate and I had that that panic moment that a lot of people have of what the heck am I going to do? I had uh, always wanted to move to New York City and work in high fashion. I was always wanting to be some top level executive like a vice president of public relations uh, for a major beauty company or a fashion company. Um, who didn't love or want to be a buyer after watching Rachel on Friends, right? <laughs> so that was that was really where my heart was until I met my sweetheart, my college boyfriend, Roger, who now, of course, is my husband. And after interning with NARS Cosmetics in New York City, I realized that I was just more of a Southern girl, that I wanted something a little bit slower paced, and I wanted to be closer to him. But I knew that I had big plans and big dreams. And so I decided right then and there to open a boutique in Savannah, Georgia. I had worked all through college at a cute little sportswear boutique. And I also worked at the apparel mart in Atlanta, um, each market. So I already knew a little bit about how it worked. I knew the different brands. I knew which markets were wide open. I knew how much each of the buyers typically bought. So I had a little bit of knowledge headed into it. But even more importantly, once I made that decision, I was all in and when I think back on the reasons why, I think it was because I wanted to prove that I could, that I could be successful, that I could start a business. My grandfather and, and my family history was centered around entrepreneurship. And so I wanted to follow in their footsteps and do something on my own. And what's really kind of funny is I think some of my family kind of thought I was a little crazy. My beloved grandmother, uh, who actually just recently passed away, she believed in me. And in fact, she helped make the initial investment for that business. And honestly, because I only had a certain finite amount of money, I had made that decision and I knew I was not going to waste my grandmother's investment, right? So I decided right then and there to dive in and give it my all. Now, fast forward 15 years later, when I found my current company, it's a makeup brand called Saint, where the founder and beauty blogger, Kara Brooke, who started the company, she decided that people like me were already sharing the makeup and 
really loving it and, and passionately sharing her brand. And so she said, it's about time you get paid. <laughs> and I was a totally a burned out business owner at that point, 15 years surviving a recession and um, owning three different stores at one point in time, uh, paying my employees and my manager more than I was paying myself that I really just decided that having that little bit of extra income, my dream at the beginning was to just make $2,000 extra a month. I knew that that would um, really be a blessing for our family. And so I decided, even though I was leery of the network marketing industry, I'd had a bad experience in another company prior where I'd invested a ton in inventory and kind of felt the pressure of recruiting all of my friends and family. So I decided that it was worth the risk and, you know, diving into the unknown, if you will, to partner with my mentor and dive into sharing this company, knowing that I would not make the same mistakes that I made before. And so I'm sharing this, both of these examples, and of course, I'll dive in more as we you know, continue the podcast, but the key elements to both running my successful boutique and now the current company I'm with was making that decision to go all in. So let's move on to the R. So R stands for reverse engineer. Now that's some big words that might make you just a little bit nervous, especially if you are not a math <laughs> math guru like I am or someone who doesn't really love numbers or makes your brain spin. But essentially what it is, is it's just figuring out exactly what you need to achieve those goals, right? So let's start with the boutique example. So when I started my boutique, first of all, I knew exactly what the amount that I had in my pocket to go to market, to do the renovations on the space, to pay my rent. I knew the that was the only amount I had until I actually started making money. So that made it very simple to create a budget centered around my startup costs. Also, I rented my very first apartment. My husband and I were not um, engaged or married at that time. And so I had my own little apartment and I knew exactly what I needed to cover my rent and my all of my living expenses. And funny enough, I remember the amount like it was yesterday, even though this was back in 2003, it was about $700 a day. So even though I couldn't imagine who in the heck was going to buy $150 designer denim or $200 little easy cocktail dresses, <laughs> I knew that people were because I had worked at a boutique in Athens, Georgia, where people were buying them left and right. And also I worked at the Apparel Mart where the boutique owners in other cities were also buying them by the thousands. And so I figured, hey, if they can do it, why can't I do it? And so I knew that right from the beginning, I needed to sell about five pairs of those designer jeans each day in order to stay in business. And that's what I did. Well, guess what? My very first day, I doubled that goal. And I, that very first month, I... I exceeded the goal as well, and I continued to build and I continued to grow. But had I not known exactly what I needed to make it worth my while to start the business and also know that that was possible, then I would have just been flying blind, right, in starting that business. Same thing when I started my journey in network marketing. I knew exactly how much I needed to sell. Our comp plan is very generous in terms of the, the sales amount. Uh, and I knew that if I sold, for example, $4,000 in makeup, which seemed like a lot, that I would make at least $1,600 in that given month based off of the way that our comp plan pays. And so that's what I did. I set a goal, a dream in that very first month to hit our top highest level commission bracket, which was $4,000. And guess what? 
I exceeded that just by sharing it. And so right away, again, I started my business with a clear goal, with a clear knowledge of exactly what it took to get there. And that's the beauty behind reverse engineering. And of course, through the podcast, I'm going to show you guys how you can do the same regardless of whatever goal you're going for in your business. All right, let's move on to the letter E, which is embrace your numbers. So, you know, essentially this is centered around comparison, right? So while it can be a great thing to be inspired by the success of somebody else and, for example, the boutique owners that I sold to at market or my mentor that I decided to join with, uh, with the company that I'm with now, they were obviously very inspiring to me and I did want to do the things that they were the actions that they were taking. Um, However, I knew that I couldn't compare my numbers to theirs, right? So once I did get started, and for example, with the boutique, once I was about doubling that $700 a day and selling $1,400 to $1,500 a day in my business, then I had a benchmark from how to set further goals on how to grow. And same thing with my saint business, you know, essentially once I knew that I could hit that 40% commission bracket and then some, I think I sold over $5,000 that month, which guess what brought me that $2,000 goal right from the beginning, which is why I believe so much in this business model, because it certainly is a side hustle. Even if you have a traditional business that can bring you additional revenue. And if you pick the right company that unlike my, my previous endeavor where I had to drop thousands, I guess I didn't have to, but where I, I chose to drop thousands um, in inventory and put it on a credit card, I, instead of starting my business in a profitable state, I was starting it in a place of debt, right? Where I knew not to make that mistake with my current company. I bought the smallest starter kit and made that investment back with my, my very first post. But essentially, once I really got started and without getting started in whatever it is that you're going to do, you won't know what your numbers are and how you can center your growth goals around embracing your numbers. Now, I did not always get this right in either business. Um, When I had my boutique in in the retail world, I definitely got stuck in that retail rat race of which boutique had which designer brands and which... Uh, what what brands were exclusive to me. And once I started to have friends that uh, had boutiques, it was easy to kind of get stuck in that comparison mode, right? So I'm not saying I always got it right, but uh, those are important lessons that I had to learn as a traditional business owner. And those are lessons that I hope to teach you through this podcast. Same thing goes with my traditional network marketing business. It is definitely an amazing business model, but it can also sometimes bring out the worst in us, right? So things like envy or greed uh, or pride can get in the way. And so we have to consciously uh, focus on our own journey. And the best part about the business model, as my mentor Bob Heilig says, is it's a personal development program with a compensation plan attached, right? So even though at the very beginning, I was not the fastest to rank, I had people outselling, outranking right at the beginning, I knew that my customers loved it. I knew that if they tried the makeup, they bought it. I knew that uh, every time I put the makeup on someone's face, their their face lit up and they were so happy. So guess what? I focused my energy and my business on getting the makeup on as many faces as I could. And I just duplicated the efforts that led to the results. And that's how I built my business. Next up is the letter A, which stands for ask for accountability. So do you do a word of the year? I'm super curious. You'll have to 
uh, let me know if you have chosen one for 2022 or if you even know what I'm talking about. But this was actually something I learned at church probably about 10 years ago when I first started going. That's another story for another day. But my word of the year for, let's see, 2019 was accountable because I was not asking others to hold me accountable to the things that I was going to say that I was going to do. And it can be anything from business to even in the car. I told my kids that I wanted them to hold me accountable to <laughs> putting my phone down while I was in the car and focusing on them. So it's kind of fun. My, my, my girls love using that word like, mama, we're holding you accountable to whatever it is um, that they that they would rather me be doing at the time, right? But essentially, accountability is what is going to help you stay focused. How many of you guys have tried to start a workout routine or um, set a goal to lose 10 pounds, right? <laughs> I'm there now. But without really linking arms with someone else, whether that's a coach or with a neighbor friend or a group of girlfriends to get together and work out, it can be really difficult to tackle it on your own. And the same is in effect in your business. So I'm going to invite you guys to ask for accountability. So for example, when I had my boutique, I was blessed that three of my closest friends through my bridesmaids actually also had boutiques at the time. And it was awesome because we could bounce ideas off of each other. We all had different strengths and weaknesses. We could go to market together and celebrate the wins together. We could cry on each other's shoulders when things got hard and when that, especially when the recession of 2008 hit. Uh, but essentially, they held me accountable to being the best that I could be with my business. Now, in my current business of network marketing, I honestly don't think I could do what I do now and certainly not have had the growth that I've had over the last five years in business without the accountability of my mentors, my coaches that I've that I've worked with. And that in turn has led me to focus on something that I call a weekly accountability meeting with my team. And I'm telling you, when you get a group together, even if it's just two or three people aligned in the same goals, you are much more likely to achieve those goals because you're having fun doing it together. You're keeping each other accountable to doing the actions and the steps that it takes to get there. And it creates the last letter, which is momentum. So M stands for momentum. And this is always the goal for growth. So for me, the momentum that I created early on in my business. So again, I was a 21-year-old, fresh out of college. I actually skipped graduation day to open my boutique. I think I surprised everybody when I had that, that initial success right off the gate, which is not typical for opening a, a you know brick-and-mortar retail store. Usually it takes a few years to get profitable if you ever get there. And I was profitable right off the bat. I had year-over-year really strong growth of doubling, if not tripling my, my sales. I moved about a year after opening the boutique, I moved to a larger space and <laughs> had lots of money in the bank, What giving lots of money to Uncle Sam. We're headed here into tax season and many of you entrepreneurs know exactly what that's like. So uh, funny thing, I actually haven't even told many people this, but I used to have back in those days, a, I, I called it collecting <laughs> Christian Louboutin shoes. <laughs> my goodness, because I was like, well, I'd rather uh, pay Saks Fifth Avenue than pay the government. And I could justify needing those shoes when I went to market, right? Oh my goodness. Those were the days both in a good way and a bad, in a bad way. But 
Again, that's a story for another day. That momentum that I sustained in those initial years, I really chose to intentionally capitalize on that. So I worked with a public relations company. I submitted uh, my story to magazines. In fact, I remember right the week that I opened a new magazine called Deep Magazine. Annabelle Carr was the editor. She is still a dear friend, but she popped in my boutique and said that she was looking for a dress for her cover of her magazine. And I was so excited. And I, of course, loaned her whatever she needed. And that was just the start of capitalizing on that momentum. And honestly, looking back, it was just centered around treating every single person that walked into my boutique as if they were the editor of a magazine. So that meant the mailman, meant the UPS man, um, it meant every single customer. I can even remember some of those those customers from that very, very first week, the, the first people who actually plopped down 150 bucks for a pair of designer jeans. I will always be grateful for them. And I hope that that service and kindness is what led to others wanting to then help and serve me. And so I partnered with local magazines, Savannah Magazines on photo shoots, I worked with a PR company once my business started to build, as I said, and and when I opened my second and third business, I opened a bridal shop in there and a, and a dress boutique as well. I uh, actually submitted some press releases to Town & Country Magazine, which was really exciting to be featured in that. And then probably the hallmark um, of my momentum days of my business, and we'll get to what it looked like post-recession in just a bit, but... When I did have that momentum in my business, I was blessed that my bank, uh, First Chatham Bank, they are still my bank and still amazing, but they were kind enough to nominate me for Savannah's, the Chamber of Commerce Small Business of the Year. And I could not believe it when I actually won back in 2007, I believe it was. And so that momentum that I created, it certainly uh, sustained until the external forces of a recession and unfortunately the internal forces of me trying to do it all on my own as opposed to attributing where I knew the results were from, which is 100% from the Lord <laughs> who was guiding me each and every day in the decisions that I was making even back then, but I was kind of taking credit for it on my own. So between the external struggles that I had, uh, as many others did in those 2006, 2009 years, that's also when I started having uh, babies and adding to our family. But once again, that's another story for another day. But what I know is that momentum that I had initially that came from serving others and treating everyone as if um, I would want to be treated, right? That led to the momentum of my traditional business. And I know that I at least got that part right. Now, one of the ways that I got momentum wrong was I opened both of those second stores without a scalable system. So even though my boutique had been successful and, and was doubling year over year pre-recession, I made the mistake of assuming that I could transfer that same uh, result to a different business model, which was opening a bridal shop. 
And soon after that, I found a space that I can remember thinking at the time was, oh, this is the same price of an ad in Savannah Magazine. I could have an entirely third location. What would I put there? I guess I'll put cocktail dresses and formal wear. And so I opened not one, but two additional businesses that were not based on the scalable systems that were proven in my business. But instead, it was like starting a completely new business from scratch Um, during the midst of a recession. So if you are looking to scale your business, that's one of the biggest tips I can give you. If you're in traditional business, um, you have to have systems in order to scale. So if you're having results, you have systems, but you just need to figure out what those are and how they can be duplicated in order to grow. And I instead focused on trying something completely different. And that is where Uh, Again, another story for another day. I'll share what that looks like. However, when I started with my network marketing company, the momentum is 100% um, the resulting of compounded efforts and the actions that I took, right? So the early success that I had is what made it fun, uh, which brought out my achiever side. I call myself a recovering achiever. We'll get into that in a future episode. Um, But... Basically, the fact that I enjoyed the results that I got from the actions that I took was what caused me to do it again and again and again. And even though at the time when I started my my network marketing business, it was the busiest season of my traditional business. I still had the boutique at that time. And in fact, that year, that very first year of uh, running both of those businesses was the most profitable year post-recession for my bridal salon, um, and that was back in 2017. And I was able to do both just by fitting my network marketing business into the nooks and crannies of my day. So I only worked my business probably, I'd say one to two hours a day. I would do it from the bathtub or sometimes from the bathroom when I was taking a break at the shop. But essentially, it was the momentum from the compounded results that led to the success. And now five years later, I'm super proud to say that this year our team uh, is accomplishing consistently more in team volume in a month than my very best year in traditional business of over 15 years, again, as the best boutique and even the small business of the year. And I really feel that that is due to the momentum that comes from compounded efforts. So you're going to hear me talk about my word of 2022 a lot, and that word is incremental. So I may do a whole entire episode on what that looks like and how you can apply that to your business. But just know that that is what creates momentum is incremental actions that build and they start from things that you enjoy. So here's where I am now to kind of wrap it all up. Um, After 15 years in retail, I actually sold my business in 2019 to focus on, for me, what has become a much more lucrative and fulfilling role, which is essentially helping other women have success with their beauty businesses. So I will never get tired of sharing the magic of the makeup that that I I don't even say I I don't even say I sell it. I say I share it (laughs) because it really is that simple. I'm not a makeup artist. I'm just someone who likes to help others simplify their makeup routine. But really, my true passion is to help others leverage it as a business. And that has, um, in the past five years with that company, really led to just something really, really special. Now, you might be wondering whether or not I think it's the platform of network marketing that's led to the success of fulfillment in my life. 
And the answer is yes and no. I absolutely believe in the business model for network marketing, especially for someone who's looking to add a little bit or even even a lot of extra um, into their life. However, I am not naive enough to know that the Lord calls us to different passions and purposes, and they're not always glamorous and exciting, but they are always things that, that can lead to fulfillment when you focus on these principles again, of deciding what it is that you want. Even if you work for a traditional uh, company, maybe you are looking to start a side hustle, right? Well, why? What is it that you are looking for in your business? What, um, what is it that you're hoping to gain from it? And you've got to dive all in once you make that decision. And then the reverse engineer, how are you going to do it? What does it take to get there? What um, are some of the other typical results of people who are doing the same thing? Now, also, don't forget to embrace your numbers. That's E, right? Because it is easy to get stuck in comparison mode. Comparison isn't just the thief of joy. It's the thief of everything. My friend and mentor, Laura Casey, always says that. And it's absolutely true in any business model. So keep that in mind. So embrace your numbers and figure them out along the way, right? And then ask for accountability. So once again, whether you are a traditional boutique owner, I encourage you to make friends with others in the boutique industry. Maybe you are starting a candle business or an Etsy business of some kind. There's such a great community. You can look on YouTube, you can look on Instagram and find others who are on that same path and share together what, uh, what's working for you, right? And hold each other accountable to the goals in your business. And then last but not least, momentum. Momentum can be found in any business. I absolutely believe that when you focus on those incremental actions that stem from the results that you get from doing the things that you love. So figure out what it is that's working for you or what it is that's working for others in your business and take those steps and realize that the, the actions are what compounds into the momentum, which leads to growth always. So guys, I hope that this has been helpful for you to understand the DREAM acronym through the journey of my story. And lastly, I wanted to share why I had the dream of doing this podcast. So essentially, fulfillment comes from serving others. I know that. And while my story isn't always pretty, there's good, there's bad, there's ugly, there's lots of lessons learned. And I don't think that you can ever have success without having a lot of failures along the way. And that's my passion again, is to figure out what works, to share it with all of you and provide some simple tools and tips to help you achieve your dreams as well. So thank you so much for listening to my story today. And I can't wait to continue to share simple and easy tips and tricks centered around that dream acronym. So thank you guys again. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode inspired you in any way, it would mean the world for you to share it with a friend or even take a screenshot for your stories. Just tag me at Heather K. Burge on Insta or shoot me a message to let me know what you thought about today's episode. And don't forget to check out heatherkburge.com for more information. Sending y'all big hugs and gratitude for dreaming with me today.